Garcia Spurs Cast, episode 647. My name is Paul Garcia, and I'm your host here on the Spurs Cast. Today, I'll be joined by Project Spurs founder Michael DeLeon. In this episode, Mike and I will discuss DeJounte Murray making the All-Star team and the latest trade rumors with the trade deadline approaching on Thursday. Let's jump right into this episode with Mike. Mike, how are you doing? Man, now that this weather isn't as crazy and I'm not like at risk of getting sick every time I go outside, I feel like I'm doing a, uh, a lot better. Okay, awesome. Yeah, for, for me, you know, just for me, it's it's been nice to, to actually like have days off. You know, the Spurs have had like three or four days <laughs> yeah. here. And I was actually surprised when they sent out a, a memo earlier today that Josh Primo was coming back from Austin. I was like, oh my gosh, they're actually not on Austin break. They actually have, they have games coming up. So yeah, so it, it's been nice for me just to kind of relax and, and not have to worry about, you know, every other night the Spurs are playing a game. Uh, but let's jump right into this, this episode, Mike, because we got a lot to go over. I know Spurs Cast listeners, it's been quite a while since we recorded. Uh, it was it was right uh, at the end of January. I, I had recorded two weeks ago with Benjamin Bornstein. So we have some, some some information to get through and so just some updates on the team all right so mike surprisingly there hasn't been that many games in in, in, in two weeks the spurs have only played five games since in these past two weeks since i last recorded uh, i don't want to go to uh, dive too much into these games because they are you know it's been quite, quite quite a while now since these games were played so let's just jump back to january 28th uh the spurs are hosting the chicago bulls demar Derozan makes his return to san antonio the spurs pick up a good win here by nine points the spurs were favored in this game we know that the bulls are without a, a few players right now um and the Spurs uh, made their third 10-point comeback of the season, so they fell behind by 10. I remember the last time I recorded, Benjamin Bornstein and I had discussed how this team has difficulty coming back from any kind of deficit when it's in double digits, and they finally made their third comeback when they were down 10 points. Then on January 30th, the Spurs go to Phoenix, uh, and you know they, they sat a lot of their players. Uh, DeJounte Murray was out the knee injury. Jakob Pertl was out the back injury. Derek White needed some rest, and then a few other players were out. Uh, but the Spurs actually competed with Phoenix very well on the road. They only lost by five points. They made Phoenix take uh, take the game down to the wire in crunch time. And, and Chris Paul and Devin Booker were did have enough to put, to pull out the win against San Antonio. But again, the Spurs, you know, missing a lot of players, still made made Phoenix work for that win. Then on Tuesday last week, the Spurs host the Golden State Warriors. This is a very bad loss for the Spurs. They were favored in this game because Steph Curry was out, Klay Thompson was out, Draymond Green's been out. And the Spurs actually built a 17-point lead, but no, the Warriors did make that comeback and they ended up beating the Spurs in a close game, uh, and they won by four in San Antonio. Then on Thursday, the Spurs hosted the Miami Heat. Uh, this was kind of uh, the Heat were favored in this game. The Spurs sat um, Dejounte Murray and Jakob Pertl both had injuries uh, for this one, so so you know kind of expected the Heat to win, and the Heat did uh, win this game by 17 points. So that was you know, just chalked that one up to Miami. And then Friday, the last uh, game the Spurs played uh, was it was a was another blowout against the Houston Rockets. So this is now twice in three games the Spurs have blown out Houston. They won by 25 points at home. Um, San Antonio had all their players available. Uh, they were fa- except for Lonnie, he was out with a knee injury. Uh, the Spurs were favored, and they took care of business they led by as many as 28 so you know they they kind of played an underwhelming last five games they were supposed to go according to vegas three and two they ended up going two and three the spurs so again that warriors game really threw them off where they should have won that game uh where are they as a team they are 20 and 34 on the season so they're still 12 since i last recorded they really haven't moved in that position however they're getting closer to the 10th seed now they're only at one and a half games behind the pelicans who are currently 10th um, they still have the seventh worst record. If we're looking at the at the lottery, um, you know, for lottery odds, uh, they've improved a little bit offensively. They're now they're now league average when I ran my numbers over the weekend uh, on offense, and then also they're 18th on defense. Um, so they moved moved up just a little bit. They got a, a big player back for the first time uh, this season. That's Zach Collins. He made his return against Houston on Friday. He finishes with 10 points, four points in the paint, two points from mid range, and three points from outside, kind of showing off his full um, shooting. Uh, a balance there on the floor. He also f- had seven rebounds, three assists, uh, two steals, 
two turnovers and two fouls. And again, in just 13 minutes, he only played a little bit of time. But we did see Coach Pop go to him as the backup five off the bench behind Yaka Pirtle. And then, uh, as we're going to talk about a little bit later, Mike, um, the trade deadline is two days away on Thursday. And you and I, I, I do want to note, are recording this on a Tuesday evening. So if the Spurs do make a trade or there's more rumors that come out uh, in, in, the, in the next few hours or, or days, you, you all listeners know why, why um, you know, we're talking about these, these kind of rumors right now. So, Mike, I know that's a lot of information. First of all, if you could tell me, you know, what are your thoughts on the team, how they've been playing lately? And then also, uh, what is your thought? What are your thoughts on Zach Collins making his comeback? You know, it's so weird because it's so hard to get a grasp on that team because they're so up and down. And it's, it's like, it's like, okay, so like they'll have a, you know, a great win against Chicago, which I wasn't sure I expected, especially with Tamar playing as well as he did, you know, and then, mm-hmm. and then to turn around and then Golden State, obviously, I mean, where, you know, that they're letting guys like Jordan Poole and Jonathan Kaminga and Moses Moody, like, go off on them. Doesn't exactly look great, you know. And, you know, so so that game, especially since DeJounte did play out, that, that was a little worrisome. But then, again, the Heat, the same. There's, like, that, that two-game uh, spread there between the Warriors and the Heat that those were just really bad. And I felt like that the, the Heat, and they didn't have... Um, DeJounte, and so it's, they had Derek White come in, but no, nobody else really, I mean, I think Trey Jones had a good night, but nobody else really stepped up to that level, like, whereas, with the Bulls game, and with some of the other games, they're having other guys, uh, play bigger roles, and so, uh, you know, I, I kind of wonder sometimes, like, how, how big is that on, on, you know, with DeJounte Murray, you know, what he brings to the team, what he does for the offense, and so, it's just been really hard to gauge, like I said, uh, the team because it's just so much up and down, and and there's they they a lot of people will talk to me about that. And I'm just like they're in there in in games with good teams. They're like right there, but they just can't get it done. Yep. And sometimes they'll get it done, and then sometimes they'll have. They'll play down to a team like the Warriors. So, uh, and then, you know, the Rockets, they just come and smash the Rockets. I guess like they should have done. But so um, that's that's just been a, a really tough to get a read on them all season. Zach Collins, you know, I think we saw a little bit of what we could expect from him in, um, in Austin. You could tell he was excited and ready. And I think that him just acclimating himself to the team and to, you know, the other players and everything has made him uh, fitting right in on the floor uh, easier for him because, you know, they feel comfortable with him. And, uh, you know, it just seems like a risk. Like, I mean, I know it's it's still early and it's hard to, to say this, but so far it's looking like a risk that paid off, uh, you know, for the first front office. And, you know, it's just going to be one of those things where now they have some depth and some options in the front court, you know, behind Jakob. Uh, I mean, you've got Zach now and then, you know, there's always Jock and, and Eubanks when you need them, when you need a little bit of athleticism. And, you know, you can go to to uh, Eubanks when you need, you know, somebody that can go outside Brett Collins or Landell or just different looks and things like that. And then Pop can play with matchups and things like that. So um, I was, uh, I, I like what I saw in that first game for sure. 
Yeah, and again, like I, I just think that like you know they're going to be very slow as we saw. Just thirty minutes is all Zach played, so they're going to be very, very cautious about uh, bringing him back. To, you know, before he starts getting you know normal rotation minutes. Uh, uh, you know, so so it's going to be interesting to watch what happens with with with, with Jock Landale and Drew Eubanks, uh, especially with, with Zach coming back here in the fold, and and like I said, Pop giving him that those backup five minutes right away uh, on his first game back. Um, and then I just found it interesting the fact that you know this is a team with a losing record right now, twenty like I said, twenty and thirty four, but they're almost like I almost wonder like it's it's kind of hard to gauge their their approach because the fact that like they rested a lot of their players or sat a lot of their their key guys out against like the Suns and and the Miami game, and it's like. Are they like you know not not tanking but like are they like just like okay like you know we, you know we want to make sure our guys are healthy and, and making sure that you know we're not risking anything with them uh, by not playing them or are like they they just trying to reserve their players getting them healthy so that they can make a, a final push to try to get into the playing tournament here um you know from from now until until the end of the season so I'm kind of uh, interested in watching how, how they're how they're kind of managing their minutes and and the different rotations and things like that so so yeah so I mean. Uh, you know, it's like I, I agree with Mike there. It's just kind of like it's kind of been like so many guys in and out of the lineup. You know, it's it's almost like yes, they should have had that Warriors game, but they've kind of just been doing what, what they I guess they were supposed to be doing according to Vegas uh, in these last five games. And now, Mike, let's go to the big news for the Spurs. And this is uh, they, they finally they got a, they got another NBA All Star on the team again. Uh, this is Dejounte Murray. Uh, on um, on on Monday, he was uh, Commissioner Silver uh, Adam Silver um, selected him as an All Star reserve uh, along with um, uh, L- Lamelo Ball, and so uh, Dejounte is replacing Draymond Green, who who is out due to injury. Uh, he was named an All Star last week in the in the reserve list. Uh, Dejounte originally wasn't you know named a reserve uh, amongst the Western Conference players. Uh, Draymond Green went on the record that night when the reserves were announced and said basically he thought that because he's out, he thought that Dejounte Murray deserved a spot. Uh, Steve Kerr also also publicly said that he voted. For for Dejounte Murray before the the um, the, uh, the reserves were announced, Coach Pop has been on the record multiple times this season of saying Dejounte Murray has had an All Star season. He does deserve it, but he would understand if Murray wasn't picked as a reserve originally because of the Spurs' losing record, unfortunately. But again, Murray is able to get in now as as, a, as an injury replacement player. Uh, what kind of season is he had? He's just had a, a you know remarkable season for for only being uh, just a few years in the league here. Nineteen point six points per game this year, eight point four rebounds, nine point two assists, two point one steals. He's fourth in assists behind only uh, Chris Paul, James Harden, and, and Trey Young. He's first in steals among players with more than four games played. So, um, you know, he's basically first in steals. Uh, he's second in triple doubles with 10, only only behind Nikola Jokic, who has 14. Um, he's also first in deflections, four per game. Uh, he's only 25, and he's already made his first All-Star team. So, you know, he has quite a few years still to start reaching his prime and, and getting better after already making his All-Star team at, at his first All-Star team at age 25. Uh, when Kind of what you said, Mike, this team is just so much better with him on the floor. According to Cleaning the Glass, when DeJounte is on the floor, the Spurs, who are a 20-win team, look like a 46-win team when he's on the court. So, that, you know, that's a winning basketball club if you can get to 46 wins. Uh, again, only when he's on the court there. Um, he's he's just you know elite in so many categories. He's not he's in the 91st percentile amongst point guards and assist percentage, and 88th percentile in turnover percentage. So he really uh, you know moves the ball, but then he's also taking care of the ball at an elite level, according to cleaning the glass. He's also elite at at, at his position in rebounding and steals. Uh, right before you and I recorded, Mike Dejounte actually had a press conference with the media, um, you know about his All Star selection, and he basically uh, provided some some details. He basically says that yesterday the team had practiced before leaving to Cleveland, and um, you know right. 
right when he got home from practice, Coach Pop was the one who called him. And, you know, at first, Pop didn't want to give it away real fast. So he was kind of just talking about different things. And he goes, hey, by the way, you know, you're going to be going, uh, get ready, you're going to Cleveland, you're going to be an all-star. And then DeJounte says that, you know, once Pop told him he's an all-star, that he broke down, his family was with him, he just started crying. And he just kind of gave a really uh, a cool, you know, story about how he's really fought hard, uh, he and his family from from the, from the from, from where, he, where he came from, his background, and how he's kind of overcome a lot of challenges in his personal life to get to where he is now as an all-star. So he was very, um, you know, you know, grateful and, and excited that he's now an all-star. Uh, one quote I took away from him was he said, I wouldn't change it for nothing when he was asked about being drafted 29th by the Spurs. He says, the Spurs organization was perfect for me. So Murray gave a lot of credit to the Spurs of, of you know, really helping him from, from, from his rookie start all the way to now. From not just, you know, his player development, but also helping him when he, when he got hurt, when he, when he hurt his, um, uh, when he hurt his, one of his legs. When he was out for a whole year, so he, he really gave the Spurs a lot of credit there for helping him and guiding him th- th- throughout his, his journey so far. Uh, and, and just some other notes. Um, I just found this out at that press conference that Murray apparently is the only All-Star from the class of, the t- of 2016, the draft class, who, um, who made the All-Star team this year. So it really shows how a lot of teams are missed on him, uh, at, at the 29th pick. And then also he's the first uh, All-Star since this, uh, for the Spurs since 2019, which was, La- which was LaMarcus Aldridge. But he's also the first All-Star that San Antonio has, has worked with in, in helping develop since Kawhi Leonard, because we know that Kawhi was the first you know, Spurs since, uh, before DeJounte now uh, t- to be named an All-Star. So I know that's a lot of information there, Mike. What are your thoughts on uh, Murray making the All-Star team? It's just an awesome story to see how far he's come. It's, uh, I, I, I caught a, um, a link today, I guess, from uh, a story that was written last year, somehow I missed by Michael Pena, I think, in the Sports Illustrated about DeJounte and like, kind of his journey and everything he's been through uh, since he was a kid and you know growing up around gangs and everything like that and a lot of the things he had to do and how he became basically a, a, a gym rat and, you know, never wanted to go anywhere, uh, you know, didn't want to go out and party and stuff like that and just dedicated himself to the gym and it just speaks a lot to him. And then, you know, having to deal with an, uh, I remember the, the year that, uh, I remember I was there to produce some game where uh, he suffered the ACL injury and it was just like, I remember a lot of the feeling around that time was that was going to be his breakout year, and then that happened, and it was just mm-hmm. like, wow, you know? And that's not an injury that a lot of people come back from, uh, you know, fully. You know, that there, a lot of times a lot of players are not the same after that, and to see him not only come back, but to continue taking strikes forward, and this year has been just amazing what he's done. I put it on Twitter something like, I don't know what else, when he, when he originally wasn't announced, I don't know what else DeJounte Murray could have done to be an all-star, and a lot of people were like, just, well, yeah, the, you know, the whole winning part of a winning team uh, probably hurt him. Uh, it's just always hard with all-stars because, I mean, you have to try to find fault with, with any selections, and really, the only thing I could find fault was with that Andrew Wiggins yep. starting at small <laughs> forward. But then that's not in his position, so he wouldn't have been able to make it there. So the way it all happened and for him to, to to get the selection now is is uh, pretty special. And I also think it's funny how Draymond Green became went from like public enemy number one in San Antonio to you know like all those Spurs fans are like just love him because of how he went to bat for Dejounte. And uh, it, it, it's it's great to see. I mean, it's crazy. It's been so long that, that there's been a Spurs player in the All Star game, but it, it's going to be really cool to see him up there. Just just knowing, 
you know, that backstory and how far he's come. Uh, and, you know, it seems like he's he's really started to, to earn the respect of, uh, you know, other big players around the league. The moment we've been waiting for since September is finally here. In honor of the big game, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56, is giving new customers 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in New York, meaning you can bet from almost a third of the country. If Sportsbook isn't in your state yet, play DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contest for Super Bowl 56. New customers can get a free shot at a $1 million top prize with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, use promo code TBPN, and get 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code TBPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56. 21 plus minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Void where prohibited. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text the TN Redline 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. In New York, call 877-8-H-O-P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y Four six seven three six nine. Yeah, for sure. And just some other things I wanted to say there is that you know it really looks like he was in there amongst a bunch of coaches. Had had um, Andrew Wiggins's uh, you know fan vote not not mess things up. I really feel like it came down to because even if you watch the broadcast on TNT when it was announced, Charles Barkley and I think a few other analysts they were like either saying Carl Anthony Towns was going to get that last spot or Dejounte Murray. Like they honestly didn't know who was going to be. And so the fact that it, it came down to those two players, I think that if we just take Andrew Wiggins out of this and you know one of those other players goes into the starting lineup, I think for sure Cat and, and Murray are both in there um, as reserves, and we and it would have to come down to that situation where somebody somebody's injured and Murray gets in. So I really feel like, yes, he actually did have an all-star season. Uh, and it, it goes back to what Steve Kerr said. Um, Steve Kerr had a very interesting quote in San Antonio, a few, uh, you know, when the Warriors were last year. He basically said that, you know, he was asked about, you know, do you pick players with losing records for the all-star team? And he says, you know, traditionally, if it's like a 50-50 tie, I do give the, I, gi- I give my vote to the player who's on the winning team. But Kerr said, like, out- outly said, no, no, I'm, I-, I voted for DeJounte, meaning that for him, it didn't even come down to, you know, um, you know, is it DeJounte or against someone else uh, with, the, with the, even though DeJounte's on a losing record, the fact that Kerr just said, you know, I voted for DeJounte means that he saw that even though DeJounte's on the struggling team, he's still playing better, you know, his performance, uh, individual performance still so kind of goes above that. So, so Kerr was, you know, already saw that that Dejounte was a, was a um, was an all star. So I, I really feel like yes, like even though yes, you know, it, it's really good for him to get in. I really feel like yes, because of that whole Andrew Wiggins situation, he really was an all star this year. I think I really feel like coaches would have put him in alongside with Cat for those last two spots. But it was just the Wiggins thing in the starting lineup messed everything up. So unfortunately, uh, he didn't get named a reserve, but you know, he he got in uh, eventually through the injury replacement player. All right, so now um, let's transition to our final topic, or fi- final two topics here. Um, 
Mike, and, and again, I do want to note, Spurscast listeners, that because there's been a lot of rumors daily now. Every morning there's new rumors. Every afternoon there's rumors. Uh, let's just, you know, the, Mike and I are recording this on a Tuesday evening, and the trade deadline is coming up here on February 10th uh, uh, on Thursday. So, so it is two days away, so there could be a lot more rumors that come. So, again, if you listen to the Spurscast episode and, and you know, th- this this new rumor that came out in the future it happens and we didn't discuss it, you all know why. Okay, so, so again, that's why we, we do want to put a timestamp on when we're recording this. All right, so, Mike, let's get into the latest here on the Spurs trade rumors. There's quite a bit here. Um, first, let's begin with the, with the player most likely to get traded, we think, is uh, Thaddeus Young. Um, so, so what's the latest? As of uh, Tuesday morning, Michael Scotto of Hoops Hype, um, he's reporting that, that the, the, the Suns finally have somebody competing with them for Thaddeus Young to try to trade for him, and that's the Minnesota Timberwolves. According to, to Scotto, um, the, the, the Suns and Timberwolves ha- uh, both have interest in Thaddeus Young. Uh, you know, the, the Phoenix package is the same one we've talked about numerous times here on the Spurs cast. It's Jalen Smith, Dario Saric, and then um, a second-round pick most likely for Thaddeus Young. Uh, for the Wolves, they would be looking at, at sending Tari and Prince and a second-round pick to the Spurs for Thaddeus Young. So, again, we're not saying that the Spurs are taking either of those offers. We're just saying these are what are reportedly um, what, what teams have offered for Thaddeus Young um, reportedly. Uh, Matt Moore of Action Sports Network um, also reported recently that the Spurs um, have placed calls um, with interest in, in Jalen Smith of the Suns. So, again, there's kind of mutual interest there with Jalen Smith from the Spurs. Uh, and then um, something else Scotto mentioned was that, that if the Spurs aren't able to find a trade for Thaddeus Young by Thursday, they are expected to reach a buyout with him so that way you know he can go sign with the contender kind of what they've done with like other other uh players uh, like just uh you know that they've kind of followed the rotation that are veteran players so mike I, um you know what are your thoughts on these on these latest uh rumors with that is young yeah i mean it's like you and i've talked about before with uh, with uh that is young his contract is going to be a hard one to trade so mm-hmm. finding the the right package and making sure that they have you know the salaries match is going to be uh, the rough. I mean, the Tari Prince one. I'm sure a lot of Spurs fans are like loving that because he's like uh, uh, he played in San Antonio, and so um, also is a guy that I think maybe just like a year or two ago people were really sold uh, on, and he's he's bounced around a little bit, you know, and he's um, this year with Minnesota, he you know his minutes got slashed quite a bit, his numbers are all the way down, so. Um, the the only thing is that you know now at at this point same thing with Jalen Smith I mean he's a young athletic guy and so it's it's some it's somebody I think that's kind of like they don't know whether he's a part of their future or not the, the only thing is at this point in the season working your way into a rotation it's it's going to take some time especially when you know how you know the sports system is and learning all of that and fi- you know trying to get comfortable with that um, so. I wouldn't expect, you know, if they're able to make a trade uh, and get some draft capital, that'd be great. But, um, you know, as far as players, I would not put, you know, a lot of expectation on getting uh, a big difference maker at this time just because it, it's going to be someone that's kind of already, you know, behind as far as making it into rotation and learning. So uh, it's, it's a, you know, it's a tough situation. I, and I feel like it's probably going to end up coming back coming around to being a, a buyout okay um yeah and, and this is just interesting because uh kind of like what mike said there you know if the spurs do make a trade for thaddeus young this this coming week don't like look at the, the specific players coming back more so look at like the, the draft compensation you know it's probably gonna be a second round pick that's why that's probably what they want you know to, to get something for thaddeus young instead of having to buy him out uh or lose him in free agency this coming summer so again that that's kind of mike had a great point there um 
something else I was going to say was, um, you know, it's good to see for the Spurs' perspective that there are multiple teams now with interest in him because if it was just Phoenix still having interest only, well, then they could just say, you know, we're just going to wait. You know, why, why, who are we competing with to trade for him? Uh, so, so we could just, you know, they could just wait it out, wait out the Spurs to do a buyout and, and you know, not have to trade him. But now if Minnesota gets involved or, or other teams, you know, then, then all of a sudden, you know, to try to get that East Young, maybe Phoenix will have to compete and send, send a better um, trade package, you know, better, maybe better draft compensation uh, for him. So that's why it gets a little bit more interesting when you have multiple teams competing to trade for a player uh, rather than just one team, because then if it's just one team, they can just wait it out. And I, I even saw, you know, it was, I think it was last week, Mark Stein had reported that, um, you know, this, there was, a, there was, a, it was kind of quiet for, uh, in the tra- that Young uh, trade rumor mill. So now that we're starting to see some action a little bit more now um, with, the, with the trade deadline um, ramping up uh, especially um yeah so so I, I had another train of thought but i, I, I completely lost what it was i was gonna say something else anyway um uh, so yeah so so again we'll kind of keep an eye on, on thaddeus young he is like i said uh you know he's probably the most likely to get traded this week the most likely player uh to, to get moved this week all right let's move on to um yaka Pertle. and so his name is, has been mentioned mentioned a few times um uh, so according to Mark Stein, uh, recently the Spurs rejected an offer from the Chicago Bulls uh, that involved a first-round pick for Pirtle. We don't know who Chicago would have sent in terms of, of who the player was in that in that type of uh, um, deal. So again, we do know that the Bulls have asked, uh, you know, have have sent a trade offer for Pirtle that included a first-round pick, but but it was rejected by the Spurs, according to Stein's reporting. Uh, we also know that uh, according to some other reporting that that the Spurs reportedly want a first-round pick and a quality player for for Pirtle. So if they do move him, it's got to they got to get a first-round pick. And a quality player for him. Uh, teams that we know publicly who are who are interested in Pirtle are the Toronto Raptors. Their names have been mentioned a lot. The Bulls, who I mentioned, and also now the Charlotte Hornets became a team that that was reported, I think, by Jake Fisher of Bleach Report um, earlier on Tuesday. So uh, again, it looks like like the Spurs do want a strong package for Pirtle. What are your thoughts, Mike, on, on um, Pirtle's trade interest or trade rumors? Yeah, I mean, obviously he's a player, especially when you talk about the trade deadline. He's a player has a probably some good market value just because he's played so well this season. But then it's kind of like, do you want to lose that? I mean, and then also it seems like he and DeJounte work so well together. I'm not sure you want to lose it. That's why, I mean, it's no surprise that they were they were uh, rejecting that offer from the Bulls. Um, so I think unless they get, you know, it's like you said, a quality player, somebody that can come in and make a difference, uh, I don't expect him to be... Move. I just feel like it's one of those things where it's gotta be, it's gotta make sense. You know, you gotta have you know again the the player, somebody that can come in and uh, you know even at that position or something like that play well, and then you know the, the draft pick. So it's gotta be something that really makes sense to to move a player like him at this point, especially when he seems to be pairing up with this everybody on the team, but especially with Murray so well. Okay, yeah, and then also what I was going to say there was like, you know, I was looking at the Raptors, the Bulls, the Hornets rosters, and, and, you know, aside from, like, their very impactful players who they need for the rotation to, you know, be in the playoff picture, I don't think those teams would, would, are willing to, to, to let go of any of those players, uh, you know, for their team uh, to, to get to, to send for Pirtle. So that's why I just feel like you're right, Mike. Like, there's just not that. I think what's missing here is the quality player. And then also even the first-round pick, um, you know, I don't know that, you know, unless it's, like, the Hornets, the Bulls and Raptors are are, um, are doing pretty well here playing basketball right now. And so their, their pick probably won't be that good, but maybe, maybe Charlotte's going to end up a little bit better so again uh right now unless there's more teams getting involved i really think that yeah that that the spurs will probably hold on to purple again we'll kind of see with uh, 48 hours to go before the deadline and then um lastly another player who's had his name mentioned in trade rumors still is a uh, Derek white uh apparently according to um uh, uh cleveland.com the uh, cavaliers 
uh, looked into White before trading for Karis LeVert earlier this week. So we know that Karis LeVert got sent from um, Indiana to to um, Cleveland. But before that, according to, to some reporting that, that Derek White's, uh, the Cavs looked into Derek White. Now, um, White has also been mentioned with, with interest from the Atlanta Hawks, where the Hawks have had interest in him reportedly. So um, uh, what are your thoughts, Mike, on, on White getting some interest from different teams? Yeah, I mean, I, I've heard his name uh, mentioned a lot, and it's it's kind of hard because you've always pictured him as like a, a member of the team's future, but he is one of the elder players, I guess, mm-hmm. as, as part of this young uh, group, where he's, I think, like 27 now, and so it's one of those things where they're kind of, because they have such a logjam at, like, the, the guard positions, I mean, you've got Lonnie, um, you've got, I mean, Josh Primo, who seems... You know, like he might be able to step in a little sooner than expected. Still, have Trey Jones on the roster. I mean, there's, there's, you know, Devin that can play two and three as well. So, Derek's played really well. He's got like fourteen points, five rebounds a game. You know, his defense is is great. And um, so, it's like it's again it's one of those things where you kind of have to take a look at uh, who's got some good market value that can bring something good in return. So. Uh, you know, I I think with the right package, they'd be able to move him. Uh, it's just one of those things that I think eventually, even though they extended him, they're going to have to answer the question, like, you know, what do they do with all of this talent that they have? They can't, like, keep everyone. So, uh, you know, I think we're going to see some, some change in that, like, uh, guard core, you know, very soon. Yeah, I think, you know, you just made a great point there, Mike. It's just like, you know, it's unfortunately for him, it's just his age. Like, he's already 27. He's kind of, you know, he's put up the, the numbers that he is. He's a good quality player, really good starter in this league, especially on, on defense uh, with, with, the, with his ability to draw charges and things like that and get involved. Uh, but but again, it's not like, you know, DeJounte is 25 and he's already making his, his first all-star team. So he's like continuing to develop, whereas Derek kind of hasn't really, you know, he's kind of had an, a, a kind of an inconsistent season at times, especially on the offensive end where his three ball has really um, gone away from him at times. So, so I, again, that's why I think that and, and playoff teams are the ones who kind of want Derek White, you know, the, the Hawks, the, the Cavs. These are teams that really want to compete and have uh, boost their defense while having a good playmaker on offense. So, so again, we'll, we'll kind of see what, what happens with White here in the next 48 hours. And, and like you said, Mike, with uh, Josh Primo coming up with, with team wanting to give Devin Vassell more opportunity maybe next season, um, you know, th- those, these are the questions that they're going to have to to look at uh, as that trade deadline um, approaches. So now, um, you know, this will be our last Spurs cast before the before the, uh, the before the trade deadline. So, so you know, we, we won't we won't get to have another episode. So after it, so we'll see what happens if San Antonio makes a move or not. So what, what I want to do, Mike, here is just play a little game here where we're gonna I'm gonna give you some statements. And and again, this is just a this is just for fun, just for for a prediction, kind of getting gauging your uh, where you think the team's gonna be uh, with some of these trade moves. And so I'm gonna give you a statement. I got this from, from a Bill Simmons podcast recently, and I'm gonna say you know so and so is on the team by by Friday, which is after the trade deadline. And you're gonna tell me yes or no, and you can explain uh, yes or no, and then I'll do the same thing. All right, here we go. Let's start with the most obvious player. Thaddeus Young is on the roster Friday. Man, yes or no? I'm going to be boring on these, but like, uh, yes, just because I think it'll take them. Uh, I think they're going to take care of business and, and try to get everything taken care of up until Thursday. Tread the line, and I think they'll deal with buyouts after that. So you so you think they'll buy him out then instead of trading him? Yeah, I just, I okay. just don't, don't see uh, anything really lining up for that. I'm going to say no, but I think I, I might also be wrong. I might be, I might be where you are. So I'm going to say no, and here's why. I just feel like this whole Phoenix thing has just been mentioned too many times, and I feel like that's just been the package like on their on their board all this time, like for this all these months, ever since he got moved from Chicago. And if it's a no, 
I mean, if it's a if if it doesn't happen, and and, and you know, you're right. It's because of Bismack Biombo's play. I really feel like Biombo is the one who's kind of made not Phoenix not really needing Thad Young as much a priority. I feel mm. like he's played really well for them. And ever since then, I think that's why we saw that the Thad Young noise um, kind of uh, you know die down a little bit, but because of Biombo's play. So right now, I'm going to say no. I'm going to say that yes, Phoenix uh, makes that call. But um, if it doesn't happen, well, then I think that it's because of Biombo. And then I, I agree with you, Mike. I just think that the Spurs would end up buying him out. And it means that they didn't have enough competition uh, in the trade market, market for, from other teams to try to uh, get him. All right, here's our next statement, Mike. Jakob Pertl is on the roster by Friday. Yes or no? I'd be shocked if he wasn't. <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. I'm with you there. I just feel like, yeah, I mean, as, as much as, you know, Unless they had, you know, unless maybe they saw more from Zach Collins. Again, it's only been one game, so Zach Collins could be the, the future here at the, at the at the five for them. But because he's just, you know, it's it's just it was just one game and only thirteen minutes of play. They they can't risk, I think, losing one of the, you know their best defensive center who's on a great contract in Pirtle. And unless teams are going to give up, you know, like we talked about, you know, we just don't think these teams are going to give up the quality player along with the really good first round pick. So unless those teams were to give up those kind of uh, packages, I just don't see them the Spurs uh, move, letting Pirtle go this week. All right, here's our next uh, question, Mike. Uh, Derek White is on the roster Friday, yes or no? This is the, the one that I'm, I, I think I have the most if, I'm a little iffy on because um, he, he can't be moved with the prices right, and, and I think that, but the way it seems like to me, Brian Wright and, and the front office works is, if they're going to make something of a big splash like that, I feel like they'd make it in the offseason. So, I mean, honestly, I'm just going to say, that's why I said my mind are going to be boring. I'm just going to say yes. No, that's okay. Well, no, I'm with you there. I'm actually a yes as well. I just feel like they're too close to the um, to the playing game where I think they still want to compete and just get this group as many games as they can with Derek, DeJounte, and Pirtle. They want that. that I, I, I don't call them the big three. I call them like the main three, I guess. I don't, I don't really have a good nickname for them. <laughs> anyway, they're, they're pretty good when those three players are on the court together. That's the thing. is like they, They're not a winning record, but they're just like maybe a game, a game or two below 500 when those three players are available. So I really feel like this coaching staff does want to push with those three players trying to finish out the season and see if they can get into the, to the playing game range. And so I'm going to say yes for as well. Unless, unless like you, know, you and I talked about, Michael, unless they're willing to give maybe Josh Primo more minutes or just kind of willing to, 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 to let other players have more minutes at the guard position and they're ready to move white because you know he's getting a little bit older, then that would be the only case. But I'm with you there. I'm a yes as well. Uh, and then our last one, this is, a, this is one, who, again, a player yeah. who hasn't been mentioned, but I'm just throwing this out to you because of his situation coming up this summer. Here we go. Uh, Lonnie Walker IV is on the roster by Friday. Yes or no? Yeah, it's funny because any other time I'd be like, uh, no, but it's there just hasn't been a lot of trade chatter around him, and that's kind of surprising because uh, Lonnie's been had has had it's kind of like the same story as always. Like he'll have flashes and then he'll not play very well. And the fact that they didn't extend him, you know, that kind of could give you a sign, but they might wait again to the offseason. Um, so I'm going to say yes, but I think his time may be, uh, you know, coming to an end pretty soon. Yeah, so I'm with you there, too. I'm, I'm a yes right now, although I'm a little bit hesitant. And just the reason why I brought that up is because, again, we haven't seen Lonnie's name mentioned, trade rumors, but the fact that like what Mike just said there was perfect, like that, that um, you know, they didn't extend him and he will be a restricted free agent this coming off season. So we know that they can, they can lose him uh, in free agency. Uh, if, if uh, you know, if a team gives him a better offer or if, or if the Spurs just don't even give him, make him a restricted free agent, maybe they just, they just let him become an unrestricted free agent. So again, uh, even though Solani's a player to watch also this week, but uh, right now I will say, yes, 
suggests that he's still going to uh, remain on the roster as well. So, okay, so so we're kind of we're both kind of the same. We're we're uh, I, I was at a no on Thad, and then you were on a on a yes on everyone, and then um you know and then I was a yes on everyone else as well. So again, we'll kind of see. It's just you know it's just a fun little prediction game uh, coming up with this week because we won't know the, the results until after uh, next week when, when we record another Spurs cast episode. So again, that's something to watch here uh, with the Spurs trade deadline. Uh, approaching and then last thing it's not really a topic but i do want to do a, a kind of a, a, a an apology to it to one of the spurs players and this is devin vassell so spurs cast listeners if you listen to the episode with benjamin bornstein and i last week or two weeks ago uh when, when i had got to the part about how vassell was playing really well I, I had read um you know some stats on vassell and i had mentioned to ben that you know Something wasn't matching the eye test. You know, Devin looks like one of the best defenders on this team, but for some reason his 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 numbers weren't popping off the page. He was actually you know having some some um, not not as not as great def- defensive numbers from um, on my stat pay- on my stat model. And so then uh, after I went back and looked back and I talked to um, another writer here, um, I found out that that I actually had Devin's numbers from Lonnie's page. So it was actually all the numbers I read to you last week were or last time were Lonnie's pay, uh, numbers. So Devin actually is uh, you know matching what the eye test shows. He actually is one of the better defenders on this team. So I do want to apologize to Devin there for making that, that error on my part. I will make sure in the future, whenever I look at um, data that doesn't that doesn't match up to make sure that it, that it is, um, you know, rightly uh, there in the right spot. And so I just want to read, you know, Devin, some of his defensive numbers to give him some credit here. Um, he is averaging 2.4 deflections per 36 minutes. That's third among Spurs rotation players. So he's one of the top players in taking the ball away from the opponents. Uh, 1.4 steals uh, per 36 minutes, which is second among rotation players, only behind, I think, DeJounte. Uh, he he averages 6.2 contested shots, 5.3 defensive rebounds, 2.9 fouls, and 0.9 blocks per 36, which is about average amongst uh, rotation players on the Spurs. So again, lesson learned there is just you know always trust the eye test, but also with the data. Don't don't just take uh, one over the other. And so that's why I was glad I was questioning when I first saw the stats because it was like that doesn't make sense to me. Devin you know is one of the better defenders on this team, but you know unfortunately I, I put too much of just looking at the data and not not following up and making sure that that matched up exactly. So so that was again. That's an apology on my part to Devin, who has had an excellent season here in his second year, especially on defense. He is one of the top players on the team. So it does, you know, it, it ends up matching the eye test. All right, Spurs Scout sisters, don't forget to visit ProjectSpurs.com. Uh, uh, Stephen Michael has continued to keep you uh, updated on the team with his game-by-game analysis. Um, Benjamin Bornstein is getting ready for the draft, which the Spurs could have a uh, lottery pick, a top, you know, a top one of the top lottery picks uh, with the Spurs Prospect Watch series. And just a few days ago, the Spurs were actually had the fifth record for a while there. So again, Ben says this is like a top four to five player draft, and the Spurs could be right there in that mix if, if they don't have quite a good ending to the season. And then lastly, uh, Colin, Colin Reed has a piece up on Project Spurs where he's looking at uh at the trade deadline approaching it's called the trade deadline primer so make sure you check out colin's work over on project spurs thanks to mike for joining me here on the spurs cast and for mixing and producing this episode from all of us at project spurs stay safe and have a great day